Missouri. Welcome in to that one show with Brian Combs, season three, episode three, top ten YouTube songs. I'm joined by my friend Wayne Sizemore, and over the next little while, we will be talking about our favorite YouTube songs. How are you today, Wayne? Doing great. I appreciate it, Brian. Thanks a lot for the invitation. I'm very excited to do this. Yeah, before we get into ranking these songs, uh, I kind of sketched out plans for about 25 or 30 episodes I want to do this year, and I wanted to do a YouTube episode, and I knew from conversations with you at ball games in the past, you were a big fan of them, so I immediately uh, got up with you to see if you was interested, and you were, and we're here today recording. Sounds great. I've always enjoyed YouTube. Uh, a lot of it starts back when I was in high school, and of course, when you're in high school, you're learning about music, you're getting into genres, you're now, you know, there's a mix of uh, people that you're that you're that you start to join and you learn music from them and their likes. So you two has always been just an incredible band to me. And there are so many personal stories that I like to share that influence my life and then getting to see them live. So very excited to do this. Yeah, I, I really never remember not listening to them. For the sheer fact, the first time I actually really listened to music was probably, you know, going to work to school. My dad would drop me off uh, from first grade on. He's a big U2 fan, uh, and they've always been in my life. Uh, and you just mentioned seeing them live. Uh, they are a phenomenal live band. Uh, I think you and I, unbeknownst to us, were at one, at, saw one of the same shows on the Joshua Tree anniversary tour where they played the entire album in louisville well if i if i said that tears were not shed during that concert i would lie uh whenever the concert was released i told anders my wife i said we've got to go because the joshua tree was just one of the first albums that i can remember first purchasing with my own money and, uh, you know, music today, kids have no idea the struggles that we had whenever we, you know, it's not like just, uh, if, you know, magic, I'm going to push this button and poof, there's the song. No, when we were growing up, and I sound like my dad more and more when I say this, um, you know, we had to wait. And uh, it was going to department stores and, uh, and, and buying 45s and buying LPs and buying cassettes. So uh, if we if we had Apple Music or streaming services like we did when I, when I was growing up, oh, my gosh, I, it's untelling what I would have been listening to. But uh, we'll enjoy it now. But, um, yeah, it was just it was just one of the first albums that I ever listened to and one of the bands that I was just really that I really got into. Absolutely. So you ready to get right into ranking? Let's go. With uh, I usually let my guests go first, so I'll go ahead and you will kick things off with your 10th favorite U2 song. Well, my 10th song, a lot of people may not know this, but this was actually off one of their newer albums called No Line on the Horizon. And uh, the song is magnificent. And the reason why I, I like this song is whenever a band puts out new music, you're always destined to go back to what they always started or, you know, the way they sounded. And uh, this song, when it kicks off, it just reminds me of just classic U2, the drum solo by Larry Mullen. Then you've got the bass line and then Bono comes in with his falsettos. And I think there's a line in the song that says, uh, I was born to sing to you and just what powerful lyrics that, that they always have in their songs. But I, I, when I heard this first, when I heard this the first time I said, yes, I said, this is the sound that it's got. So, uh, so I chose that as my uh, number 10 song. That's great. I'm, 
I'm glad you mentioned some of the members. And before we play a little bit of this song for our listeners, that to me is one of the things that make you two so special. They, their first album came out 43 years ago, and they have all four of the original members. Uh, they've never really kicked anybody out and brought anybody back. I mean, bands that still go today that have been around that long, there's always been a lot of drama. Very few of them actually have intact the entire span of four decades, the same members, but you two does, man. I agree a hundred percent. And, and the longevity of them, and, you know, there, there are many people who say one of the greatest rock bands, if not the greatest rock band of all time. So uh, I know there's a lot of controversy when we say that though, but you're exactly right for them to be able to stay together and continue to play the music, even to the ages that they are. I hope that one day when I'm there, <laughs> I hope that I'm still kicking it just like they are because they can kick it. There's no question. Absolutely. So this is, Magnificent from No Line on the Horizon, and this is Wayne's 10th favorite U2 song. time for me to pick my 10th favorite U2 song. Before that, Wayne, uh, let's go, let's talk a little bit about our process for this. Uh, we started, I started working on this in earnest about a week or two ago. I started with around 20, 22 songs, kept chipping away till I got 10, ended up switching those around, and then I started ordering them. And I agonized, man, because U2 is one of my all-time favorites, and it was it was very hard for me to just pick 10, 10 only. Oh, my gosh. you kidding me? I told you I, I could have put the Joshua Tree just as the top 10 and just and played that album itself, but I but I couldn't do that just I, because there's so much. I did, and I, on the first draft of my list, I had five of my 10 from the Joshua Tree. I said, <laughs> that's just too many. So I tried to cut them a couple down and, and, and you know, not to spoil anything, but limit it to like maybe two or three off, off of one particular album. But all that being said, you mentioned when you were talking about your 10th favorite song, Magnificent, that when you first heard it, it immediately brought you back to, quote unquote, the classic U2. And I'm assuming by that you mean uh, uh, Unforgettable Fire, uh, Joshua Tree, that era. And I remember back uh, my freshman year of college, year 2000, lead single off of the album all you can't leave behind called beautiful day did the exact same thing for me yes and then i was very much anticipating that album you mentioned earlier have 
the struggle we went through, even though that's only 23 years ago. I had to drive to Lexington to Best Buy the day that album came out to buy the CD. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, anybody under the age of probably like 30 don't have a clue what we're talking about at this point. <laughs> oh, no. We, we, if we mention 45s or LPs, there's no yeah. way. There's no way. Yeah, but I love Beautiful Day. I love that entire album. To me, you, uh, U2 has made probably three or four masterpieces. Obviously, Joshua Tree being one, but I consider that album to be one of their masterpieces as well. Uh, and, you know, it, it's a lot of U2 songs are full of hope. That's, uh, I guess Bono is just an eternal optimist. Yes. And this talks specifically about things going wrong in a particular day. But if you can just find, you know, the best of any situation you're in, it can still be, quote unquote, a beautiful day. Well, you're exactly right. And, you know, in, when it came out in 2000, you know, there, there, was, there was a tumultuous time. Uh, for our nation, and uh, you know, it had been quite some time since they had had an album out uh, of this magnitude, and I think it was refreshing to uh, to have those songs. And I, I can remember that was when probably streaming started to hit, where you had your Napsters and you had those pieces. And I can remember downloading that album <laughs> and burning my own CD of that. And that was all new technology. And I thought it was the greatest thing since sliced bread. Now, how but, long did that take with the internet speed back in oh three days? Oh my gosh, we were living, you know, we were, we were renting, Anderson and I were first married. I think that was in 99 and 2000. And uh, we were living in the hog building in the penthouse. We were able to rent off of Robert Corden at that time. And um, yeah, the, the, you, could, you couldn't get that. So I remember just starting the download and waking up the next morning and hoping that, 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 that the album. Yeah, kids uh, and Wayne and I are totally aging ourselves here. But <laughs> when streaming and, and downloading MP3s first started, it would literally take several hours just to download one song. Now you just get it instantly. Yeah, just touch it a button. Well, I'll say this, you know, uh, I judge myself, especially working in public education, I judge myself by the attention span that we have. And my attention span is probably around three to four minutes. The reason why I attribute that is because of MTV, because we were we were programmed to be able to withstand three to four minutes of a video. And now today's kids, it's like 10 seconds, two seconds. And 30 seconds. Have, there you go. TikTok exactly. video. Exactly. Yeah. So do you have anything else that you want to uh, say about Beautiful Day before think, we play it? I think it's a beautiful song. Great choice. Beautiful Day. I love it. Let's hear it. All right. Thanks. The heart is a blue Shoots up through the stony ground There's no room no space to win in this town You're out of luck And the reason that you had to care The traffic is stuck And you're not moving anywhere You thought you'd find a friend To take you out of this place Someone you can lend a hand in return Beautiful day. Sky falls, you feel like it's a beautiful day. Don't let it get away. You're on the road. 
Okay, Wayne, what do you have for us your, as your ninth favorite YouTube song? Well, for my ninth song, I go back to my college days, and Zuropa came out after Octung Baby, and I can remember there were there were lots of skeptics on this album. They thought they kind of sold themselves because they kind of went into the discotheque type uh, synthesizers, which I love because I'm an I'm an '80s '80s guy, and, and that's all that we had were synthesizers back then. But uh, I think that a lot of people dis dislike this album, but I really love this album. And the song that I chose for nine is "Stay," and I just I love just it's a simple guitar riff when it starts off and the edge just sits there and just rolls with it. But then you have Bono come in and when he hits a falsetto on the chorus, I mean, it, it's just incredible to me. And I can listen to that song over and over. And I go back to the MTV generation because a lot of what a lot of the songs that, 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 that I like was because of uh, the videos that we saw. And I can remember the theatrics of, of that video. It, it was really incredible because it was kind of a, a young band that was lip-seeking lip the song. So uh, I, I chose Stay. I really like the song. I can listen to it uh, over and over again. Great choice. And uh, you mentioned that at the time, this album was not received uh, well with some fans and critics. But the thing is, over time, people have reassessed it and consider it to be a great album and one of their best. That's funny how that works sometimes. Yes. Uh, but, you know, I wouldn't want a band, especially a band that's been around as long as you two and put out the albums they have just to make the same album over and over and over. So I, as a fan of musicians, get excited when they try something new. Yeah. And I think you've got to, re you know, it's not reinventing yourself, but it's, it's, it's actually kind of changing it up to where, you know, it, it, it's you have to go with the times and, uh, you know, you never know what's going to sell in music. I, I forget. I heard someone say that once uh, once before. So sometimes you have to change it up. And it's like with anything that you do with any job, you know, sometimes you've got to to reinvent the wheel or go back out and do something new. Yeah. And this uh, so this is a really good song and not one I had on my list, but I'm glad you did so we could discuss it. And I, as someone who loves music movies and award shows and forgive me because i can't remember off the top of my head what movie it was from but it did get nominated for a best original song at the golden globes the year it came out and i'll just have to look that up later for my own peace of mind because that's going to aggravate me not remembering the movie uh but uh you got anything else to add about it if not we'll play it let's play it let's listen to it Yeah. 
So we talked earlier that both of us could have very well had most, if not all, of our list filled with songs off the Joshua Tree. And I think this is the first one of several that we'll end up talking about tonight. But at number nine, I have In God's Country from the Joshua Tree. Now, uh, I've always loved this song. It was eventually released as a single on the Joshua Tree, but to casual fans, it's probably not one of the more well-known songs from that album because three of their biggest hits that we very well probably will end up talking about later are on the Joshua Tree. And it was a song when I was researching a little bit uh they almost didn't even include it on the album at first uh because they just couldn't quite get the sound like they wanted in the recording process it was very difficult for them to finally hit on the sound they wanted on this but i i'm very thankful that they did end up releasing it and early on right after you know on press tours of the joshua tree bono said that when it the lyrics came to him he never really knew at the time at first, if it was about their home country of Ireland or about the United States. But years later, he said, no, after, you know, of thinking back, he concluded that it very well likely is about the United States. And the band have always had a love for the United States. And I'm not going to talk about their Super Bowl performance yet. We'll hold that till later. I know that's going to come up. But they've always had a special connection to America, even though they're not from here. I agree, and I actually had this on uh, on my long list, uh, and, and I contemplated putting it in my top ten. Uh, again, when you think about the beginning of that song, it's just it's so dynamic, and uh, there's no question that when they wrote this song, they knew exactly what they were what they were talking about and what their focus is. And if you do any any sort of research on on Joshua Tree it was that they wanted to try to make that American album, if that makes sense. I know that there were some, but, but you started going back to the roots of blues and then gospel. So there's no question that, you know, that, that the hands that wrote this song, that they were really digging in to that American culture. So I agree. I, I, I wanted to put it on my list. I'm glad that you did. Cause it, because it ain't at me, I wanted to. I wanted to add it. Yeah, and and you know, obviously, the Joshua Tree takes its name from a tree in the Joshua Tree National Park that's out west uh, in California and a little bit in Nevada. And a few years back, we took a trip out there and just drove through the desert. And I know I probably never found the actual Joshua Tree, but I found one that looked a lot like it. And I had to stop the car and run and like walk out in the desert a little bit and have Dixie take my picture with it. Oh, I couldn't. I, I couldn't pass that up. I'm glad that you did. And, uh, and it's, I go back to, that was probably when I was a freshman in high school when that album was released. And, uh, I can remember looking at the insert of the cassette at that point, which was very small, but, uh, but just the beauty of the album and, you know, the black and white pictures. And, uh, you know, there were just, I don't think there was anyone cooler than the band at that time, just the way that they dress and the persona. So, uh, yeah. yeah. And, and yeah. And I'm glad you brought that up because especially as a young person, if you see somebody just being as good as guitar as edge and you say, and you don't necessarily know who that is and you look him up and he, and he goes by edge. I mean, that's, that's, that's awesome. <laughs> especially to, you know, like a 12 or 13 year old. Yeah. And just the way they dress, I mean, the way they dress, it was, I, I can't remember anyone 
that it anything like that that it was it was just again it was just that persona i mean you like you like when you saw these guys gosh i want to hang out with them i want to i want to be with them because these guys these guys can do it i would love to sit down and drink a beer with bono oh my goodness hey well you know and, and i thought about that from time to time what in the world would you say to him you know and say to him if you actually were able to sit down with him one-on-one and say so yeah i'm with you 100 so here he is a little bit of my ninth favorite youtube song from 1987's Joshua Tree in God's Country. Wayne, what do you have for us at number eight? Well, number eight, I'm going to go to uh, the album Octung Baby. And uh, there were so many songs off that album. And, and when you talk about a follow-up, which, of course, after Joshua Tree, they did release Rattling Hum, which we'll talk about. I've got one of the, the songs. Yeah, off but that's not hum. that's not traditionally yeah. an actual studio album. Yeah. It's got some live songs on it. It's got a few singles on it, but... I don't necessarily count that as an actual album album. I agree. and, and It's I, great, though. You know, it's great. I love it. And uh, But for my tongue, baby, uh, I chose a song, uh, Ultraviolet, Light My Way. And uh, I can remember when I bought this album. So uh, I went to the University of Kentucky, and there was a record store that was right on campus, and it was called Cut Corner Records. Um, I think now they go by CD Central. They do. We, we were actually talking about that before we began recording. It's one of my favorite record stores in the state. Well, it goes back to, we talk about, you know, getting music and having the opportunity to, and of course, you had to buy the album, the CD, or the cassette, or the cassette single, or so forth. But when Octane Baby came out, I remember that uh, Kennedy Bookstore. So after after we would finish the semester, we would sell our books back to Kennedy Bookstore. Of course, we would pay a uh, ransom for it in the beginning, and then when we would turn it back in, we may get five to ten dollars if we were lucky for that. But uh, Kennedy's was right next door to Cut Corner Records, and we would take the money that we had from our from our books, and we would at least get a good meal out of it. And then I would always try to buy some music. I never would tell my mom and dad although I don't think that they would object because they love music as well. But uh, 
I remember going to Cut Corner and buying this CD, and uh, it was just incredible. But Ultraviolet, it was just one of those songs that when it starts off, it's just kind of haunting. It's it's got Bono with a falsetto start, and uh, and then it just kicks in with a with a tremendous drum solo and a bass line and uh, baby 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 lie my way and when we when i heard it live it just reinvigorated the reason why i like this song so much yeah i'm glad you mentioned that and quickly before i give my thoughts on this song you mentioned that you would go over and sell your college textbooks at the end of the semester and then buy music with them and that actually brought back a memory to me that i hadn't thought about in a while uh the first time i ever got to see you two live was at rupp arena uh in 2000 on the all that you can't leave behind tour and i was a freshman in college and i actually bought my tickets by selling my textbooks back <laughs> a week early before finals because i didn't want i knew it would sell out so i went the, into finals not even having books because i sold them early to be able to buy those tickets i guarantee you pass the class i, I'm sure I don't remember did. if i did or not but i remember that concert well you know that's another thing too i can remember and i hate to get off but i think it's uh, off on this topic but i think it's a good point you know when we when we were growing up you could go to a show for like twenty dollars I, I can i can remember buying old ticket stubs you know 15 to 20 dollars and that was van halen acdc guns and roses uh, but yep. yeah, I, I'm with you 100%. I've done that before too. Yeah, I got an old Pearl Jam ticket stove for like 20 bucks uh, from back in the day, and and you couldn't, I mean, you can't even go to the movies for that. No, now. not at all. But all. but back to this song, you mentioned that it was so good live, and it was a song of theirs that I liked. Uh, it was never necessarily one of my favorites until I saw them perform it live. It's it's one of those songs I think that's actually better live than it is recorded. I agree. And it quickly after that performance in Louisville when I fought, when they played this during the encore, it jumped up in my appreciation of their songs, and it was actually one of the last couple songs I cut from my top ten. So I'm glad you ended up ranking it in yours so we could talk about it. So go ahead and introduce this for us. All right. Later. So this again is from uh, Octung Baby. This is Ultraviolet. Light my way. time for my eighth favorite u2 song and it is uh probably one of their more uh lighter 
fun songs, in my opinion. It is sweetest thing. Now, but one thing I didn't actually know up until a day or so ago is I was actually introduced to this song in 1998 when they released their first Best Of. Uh, and it was a, uh, they released it to promote the album as a single, but it was actually a B-side to uh, The Streets Have No Name all the way back in the, on the 45 that you were talking about yes. 45s earlier. And I never knew that. Yeah. But they re-recorded it for The Best Of. And uh, I really like this song. Uh, it may not be necessarily be as thought-provoking and deep and meaningful as a lot of the other songs we have and we'll talk about today. But it's just a song that never ceases to make me smile if it comes up when I'm shuffling my music library or if I'm intentionally trying to seek it out to listen to it. Well, I, I enjoy it as well. And uh, I go back to the video. Uh, if you ever want to watch a video that really keeps you <laughs> engaged in, in the production, it's that because you have no idea what's coming out of right field, left field, or in between. So, And I, it's a fun song too, and uh, I really like it as well. All right, so here is a little bit of my eighth favorite U2 song, Sweetest Thing. Okay, Wayne, what do you have for us at number seven? Well, I'll start off as Bono starts the song, and that is, this is not a rebel song. It's Sunday, Bloody Sunday. And uh, what an anthem this song is. I mean, it just gets you going. And there are many different recordings of this, but my favorite one by far is Live at Red Rocks. Absolutely, man. If Go to YouTube and just type in, you two, uh, Sunday Bloody Sunday, Red Rocks, and, and take 10 minutes to watch that performance. It's an all-timer, man. It, I mean, it to me probably is one of the five or ten greatest performances live of any song in history for me, man. Well, I agree. And uh, and it's one of those – that just the venue itself is just incredible. And then you put U2 on top of that and a young U2. You know, they, they, you know, they're probably on their third or fourth album at that, at that yeah, point. Uh, 1983's War. Yes. And, uh, and just the way that they kick it off. And of course, you know, you're not going to find, uh, Bono is very, is very political in his views. And, you know, the backstory with, with this song, there's no question that, that this is very heartfelt for him in his times. So, uh, I, it's what an anthem, but my goodness, if you want to get a song that'll get you going, 
uh, it's definitely Sunday, bloody Sunday. Uh, for the longest time, probably from like late 80s all the way up until just a few years ago, I would I would have always told you had you asked that uh, what my favorite U2 song of all time was, I would have told you Sunday, bloody Sunday. But that shifted a few years ago for a reason I'll get into when I do talk about my number one. But I actually have this on my list at number two. But we will go ahead and play it here in a minute. But I got a couple of things. You briefly mentioned that the inspiration behind the song. And for those that don't know, they, you know, you two grew up in Ireland. And throughout their youth, there was a civil war in Ireland, basically. And they were car bombings that, that killed children. Uh, and it was a bad time. And obviously, uh, that very much inspired this particular song. And, and, and this song also, like many of their songs, being good Catholic boys that they are, has allusions to the gospel. Uh, and I wrote down a couple. Uh, I'm not, I'm not going to go to preaching, but, you know, the line, mothers, children, brothers, sisters, torn apart. It's straight out of the Matthew uh, chapter 10. And uh, wipe the tears away is actually straight out of a verse in Revelations. Mm. But this isn't the only song that very much touches on uh, and alludes to uh, Jesus, uh, the gospel, heaven, whatever you want to think about. Well, I'm, there's one specifically that very much does it. We'll talk about later. But I'm glad you picked this. And uh, even though I have it ranked at number two, we've pretty much discussed it already. So we'll go ahead and play it unless you got anything you want to add about it, man. Let's play it. What a great and, song. And obviously, when you listen to this podcast, just go ahead and pause it after we play this. And go to YouTube and watch the Red Rocks performance. And then you can thank Wayne and I later. <laughs> but this is Wayne's seventh favorite and my second favorite YouTube song. The first one that we've actually had on both of our lists, Wayne. All right. Uh, Sunday, Bloody Sunday. Let's listen. seventh one i have one actually from the same album that sunday bloody sunday's from war 1983 it is called new year's day uh i really really like this song it was actually the lead single off that album uh and obviously the 
you know, Edge has such a signature guitar style, and that's on this song, but he also plays piano on this song. Yes. And uh, Adam Clayton, play, uh, his, the bass line on this song is so distinctive and so good. And uh, my friend Chase, uh, for the last 10 or 12 years, has a tradition of listening to this song every January 1st when he first gets up. I stole that from him a few years back. So the last four or five years, I've done the same thing. What a great tradition. I've never heard of that. It's I a like good way it. to start I your like year. Like what better it. way to start our new year with New Year's Day, right, <laughs> from you two? Uh, what do you think about New Year's Day, Wayne? Well, I agree. And, uh, again, it's just one of those songs. When you hear that initial sound, uh, you know, I, I forget the I forget the show. Uh, uh, I can name this song in one note. I can name, name that tune. Name that tune. Yeah. It's just one of those, when it starts, you just know immediately what it is. And it's one of those running lines, you know, those one of those running lines that you just say, gosh, yeah, I like that. You know, it's, it is. And it's crazy. I actually just realized this song and then the song we just discussed, Sunday Bloody Sunday, and this album is 40 years old this year. Oh, gosh. Man, just don't <laughs> age us, man. Don't age us. That's but, crazy. But it still holds up, though. Oh, definitely so. And, even, you know, and they'll play that. Usually at their live shows, it's one of their staples that they'll always play because. And it is. It's just an incredible song. Yep. So here's a little bit of New Year's Day, and it's turning 40 years old this mm -hmm. year. finished with the first half of our list we each have one pick left and then we'll be getting down to the real real cream of the crop in the top five here in a few minutes wayne uh this has been great so far what song do you have for us at number six a song that barely missed out being in your top five well this is an obscure song and i don't know if a lot of people know it or if you were around in that time you you may have heard it but the the song is um called night and day and uh and i'm an old standards guy i love sinatra i love just the old songs uh the old jazz and uh and those 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 songs so uh night and day was uh uh was off of a tribute album called red hot and blue and uh this was back in 1990 and i can remember where i first heard this song uh, my mom, who was a school teacher, was in Lexington for a for a conference, 
and uh, she invited me to go out to eat because I was in college at the time. And uh, she she called me and, and I met up with her. And there used to be an old restaurant on Nicholasville Road called Daryl's Restaurant. Really cool. old. It was a two-story uh, uh, restaurant. But anyway, very eclectic. But I remember as, as we were paying, this song came on. And it was just this drowning uh, synthesizer and this drum beat. And then you've got Bono coming on, just starting that. And then with a falsetto of night and day. And when I heard it, it was like, I know this song. And then, you know, we, at that point, we didn't have the internet to go search and where is this song? <laughs> yeah. You had to try to get to it. And I go back to MTV and then there was a, you know, there was a there was a big push on AIDS awareness, and this song was uh, was uh, to benefit AIDS awareness and HIV. And uh, it, it's an incredible album. And again, I, I know I went to Cut Corner Records and I bought the cassette and I wore it out. But the video itself is just so cool to watch. And if you've never seen it, do. And again, it's it's one of my favorite songs. It may not be on anyone else's, but uh, uh, it's night and day. Well, I'm I'm glad you picked this because number one, uh, until we were talking just a few days ago about what songs we may or may not have on our list, you mentioned this one, and I wasn't super familiar with it. I I remember hearing it here and there, but I really I went back for the first time in a long time and really listened to it, and it's it's a great song. And I and how boring would this be if we just picked like their ten biggest hits though? I mean. Well, you, Those are great songs in and of their own, right? But we have to have deep cuts in here every now and again. I agree. And again, it's it's one of those songs that I like. And, uh, you know, I don't know if anyone else does, but it's just one of those that just really, uh, it just, it really, it really motivated me when, when I was, when I was younger. And, and again, just the backstories with it. Of where I first and you, it. and you mentioned that this was on a album with, and the proceeds went uh, to combat the AIDS uh, epidemic. And that's been a passion of Bono's forever. Yes. This isn't the only thing he, or the band has done in order to try to help with, I mean, he has, has worked with presidents. Oh. Uh, I, he, he and George W. Bush, I think created a, uh, a deal and went to Africa together several times sure. and helped aid victims. But that's been a, a very much part of his uh, philanthropy and using his, you know, celebrity as well as his own money help with those in need yes and you go back and you watch uh the live aid oh my goodness i mean you know relief for africa yep and uh and you and you look at the the, the videos of that it's just incredible but yeah it, it goes to it goes to just showing of, of his you know his givingness for 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 community and culture so go ahead and introduce this one and uh and this is your number six correct this is number six and again this is off the red hot and blue album a tribute to cole porter this is night and day Where the 
Okay, for my sixth song, I have uh, from 1984's The Unforgettable Fire, Pride in the Name of Love, which was really their first big, big hit. Uh, really, really put, opened them up to a wider audience. Uh, and we mentioned earlier the Red Rocks performance of Sunday Bloody Sunday, but that entire concert is great if you can ever find it because the performance of this song during that concert is really good too. Mm -hmm. And obviously, uh, it speaks in, you know, a couple a verse in it, obviously, about the assassination of, of Martin Luther King. And we're recording this actually the day after MLK Day. So I, I, I didn't even think of that till right then, but that's very appropriate. And the funny thing is, is on the initial release of it, uh, he says early morning, April 4th, shots rang out in the Memphis sky. But uh, Martin Luther King was actually killed later in the afternoon. So if you ever listen to them live, most of the time he changes that yeah. particular line to late afternoon. Yeah. Uh, obviously, you have to be super familiar with this song. I mean, almost, if anybody has listened to music over the last 35 years, they've had to have heard this song on numerous times. It's still played on a lot of stations today. Yeah. Uh, what, what are your thoughts on Pride? Well, the lyrics itself is, is incredible and, uh, you know, it, if you just sit down and you just read through those, it goes back to kind of when we talk about, you know, and this was pre-Joshua Tree, just um, the way that they really embraced um, culture, you know, American culture. And uh, it goes back into their gospel roots. It goes back into their blues because, you know, I, I know that they did some recordings in Memphis at Sun Records. So, you know, not to say that this had anything to do with that, but but there's always that tie uh, that they go back to. But yeah, Pride, uh, it, again, it's just one of those songs that when you hear it, you know exactly what it is. And it's just an incredible, incredible yeah, song. Yeah, you know, the line, they took your life, but they could not take your pride, uh, never ceases to give me chills when I hear it. So uh, we'll go ahead and play uh, my sixth favorite U2 song. Pride in the name of love. One man come in the name of love. One man come and go. One man come here to justify. One man to over.
All right, Wayne, we're getting ready to take a very brief break, and then we'll get back into our list with our top five. But how do you think our list are stacking up so far? Oh, I love them. This is incredible. It's it's a it's easy to talk about when 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 you're when you when you love the music, and uh, I'm having a, I'm having a blast. Yeah, and, and one thing I'm glad so far, at least, is we have not had a, a lot of overlap, and that's allowed us to talk about you know a plethora of different songs. And I don't know whether or not that will continue with our top five. Uh, but it may very well. But before we get into our top five, we'll take a very, very brief break and be right back. We are counting down our favorite U2 songs of all time. Hey, Brian, once again here to tell you about my good friends at The Goblin Trading Company. That's right. They are putting out new stuff almost daily. Shirts, hoodies, mugs. Not just exclusive of that one show merchandise, but all kinds of cool stuff. They have a really new cool shirt for my D&D friends of a lich. And if you'll just go to Etsy, type in the Goblin Train Company, you can see that shirt and all the other stuff they have a lot of you I've already bought some hoodies and t-shirts of that one show, and I appreciate that. Keep on buying that stuff, wearing it out, tagging myself or the Goblin Train Company on social media and letting us see that cool shit that they are making, because it is cool, and if you want to be cool, you will go ahead and get you a hoodie or t-shirt from the one and only Goblin Trading Company. If you don't know how to get there, in the show notes, I'll have a little link, and all you gotta do is click on that sucker, and it'll take you right there to where you'll see all that awesome stuff I just talked about from the Goblin Trading Company. Okay, we are now into... The five best U2 songs of all time, at least uh, according to myself and my friend Wayne Sizemore. We've ranked 10 through 6. We'll get right into our top five now. Wayne, what is your fifth favorite U2 song ever released? Well, I'm I'm going to uh, go with a song off of Rattle and Hum, which was released in 1998, which you briefly mentioned. You know, it wasn't a studio album. It was kind of a a follow-up to Joshua Tree, where it basically, uh, it was a documentary that followed the band on the Joshua Tree, uh, the, the Joshua Tree tour. Mm-hmm. And um, there was a song on there that when I exercise, I get this song rolling because it just gives you an adrenaline push. When you hear the edge kick that guitar intro out, uh, the song is Desire. Yes. And uh, it's just incredible. And just, just the movement and the beat, it, it's it's just incredible incredible lyrically, but also the sound is incredible as well. And, and I chose it in my top five. There was no way that I couldn't put it on there. I'm so glad you you picked this one because uh, it, it was very much strongly considered for my list. I, uh, it was very difficult to leave off, but thankfully you did include it. And rightfully so. And uh, it's a song, like you said, is great to work out to. Before the, the words even kick in, that the guitar work from Edge just automatically gets your adrenaline going. Uh, 
uh, get you pumped up for whatever you're doing, whether it be you're running or lifting weights. And uh, like a lot of the songs we have talked about and likely will, it's so, so great to hear them perform this song live, the energy that they bring to that performance. So uh, you got anything else you want to add about Desire? Or if not- well, I just, uh, you know, with Rattle and Hum, there, there was a push back in the 80s of, uh, of doing these type of documentaries. And uh, it is actually released uh, in theaters. So I can remember going over to Fugit's Theater wow, and yeah. Hazard and uh, – and watching this, oh, man. And, and again, it was kind of that persona of, you know, the black and white, and uh, just the sounds and 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 just the, the the showmanship, because I hadn't I'd never seen them live. Uh, there was an opportunity I can remember when the Joshua Tree, uh, they had a stop in Lexington, but uh, it was during the week, if I'm not mistaken. And my mom was very adamant: you're no concerts during the week. That's a school night. You're staying at home, and uh, I hated it because I wanted to go watch them so badly. But uh, yeah, it was it was incredible to see this uh, see this in the theaters, and uh, and I've and I've always wanted to own it on DVD, but I've just haven't been able to find it. Yeah, uh, I've actually never got to see that that concert film because it's kind of one that's been lost in the ethers, I guess. Yes. Uh, but that would have been killer seeing that in theater, man. I, I envy you on that. So this is a little bit of Wayne's fifth favorite U2 song from Rattle and Hum. This is Desire. My fifth favorite song is off. It's the second song I've got from 2000's All That You Can't Leave Behind. And this one is not what a lot of people may automatically be thinking. It is a song called Wild Honey. Oh, great song. And uh, it, I think it was released like as the fourth or fifth single off that song. But there's obviously a couple more well-known songs from that album. But it's actually my favorite from that album. And... It's actually used brilliantly in one of my favorite movies called Vanilla Sky that stars Tom Cruise. I don't know if you're familiar yes, with that film or not. Yes, yeah. uh, but it's a, it's a really trippy movie in which you really have no idea what's going on even after the movie ends. Uh, I recommend that. But they use this in a couple scenes in that particular film. And that's just a song that I've always loved. It uh, like A little bit like the one I talked about earlier, Sweetest Thing. It's a little bit more playful. 
uh, than, than a lot of the songs we've talked about today. Uh, it literally talks about swinging through the trees back when we were monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> I guess the theory of evolution. Uh, what What do you think about this song, Wild Honey, Wayne? I, I really like it, and I can remember when I first heard it, it was one of those songs that I kept repeating, repeating, and, I, and we talked about this. It was one of those songs that that we first that I first streamed and downloaded, and uh, I can remember just listening to it. But I can remember the the version that I had had a catch in it because I don't know if something happened with the glitch of of downloading and recording it, but I enjoyed it. And then when I finally was able to buy the album, it just made it that that more enjoyable. So uh, I like it. I think it's a catchy tune, and uh, again, the lyrics are great. All right, here's a little bit of my fifth favorite U two song. Wild honey. In the days when we were swinging from the trees, I was a monkey stealing honey from a swarm of bees. I could taste, I could taste you even then, and I would change. What do you have for us at number four? Well, for number four, I'm going to finally get to the Joshua tree. So I, it, it broke the top, the top four. The, the something that I chose from that is um, one that maybe did not get a lot of airplay, but it's um, running to stand still. And uh, we talk about ballads and power ballads. Uh, to me, I think this is a very powerful song. It's really just uh, piano and guitar, and then at the end, you've got some harmonica from Bono, yes. if I'm not mistaken. But um, Running to Stand Still, you know, to listen to the lyrics, um, I think it speaks to all of us. It seems like that we're all kind of uh, running to get to that point where we're standing still regardless of what it is. But when you do research on this song, you know, it's really about a, a heroin-addicted couple uh, in Ireland, so uh, it's not uh, it's it's not something that's very uplifting, but uh, but I still I think it's a very powerful song. So uh, I I just enjoy it. I think it's uh, I think it's a great ballad. Yeah, I'm I'm really glad you picked this one. Like you know, like you said, it may not be one of the more well knowns off of Joshua Tree, but it's beautiful. Uh, uh, it was beautiful live at that Louisville show oh, yes. uh, that we that we were both at. Uh, and, and it's always a treat to hear Bono get to play the harmonica because that's not something he does a whole lot. And, uh, and uh, you know, you mentioned that it was kind of about a couple that was addicted to heroin. And even though this was written 
about a couple in Ireland, you know, basically almost 30 years ago or 40 years ago now, gosh, uh, that's something that's still prevalent in our area is substance abuse. And it's, so it's very much relevant, you know, to our conversation. Definitely so, definitely so. But uh, I think it's a great song, and especially when we were able to hear it live, because it's one that they do not play historically. So, uh, so to get to get to hear it live was a treat. So, uh, so I enjoyed greatly. Absolutely. So this is a little bit uh, from Wayne's fourth favorite U two song, "Running to Stand Still." fourth one is off the joshua tree uh and it is where the streets have no name and uh not to spoil anything but i'm pretty sure this is your third one right wayne <laughs> it is so it that is, actually segues uh, in so we can go ahead and both discuss it now now i always love this song but now whenever i hear it i immediately think about their performance at the 2002 Super Bowl. Mm. They were the halftime performers that year. It was a few months after September 11th, obviously, you know, the terrorist attack that killed thousands of Americans in Washington, Pennsylvania, New York. And uh, when they were performing this at that, the Super Bowl just a few months later, uh, during the performance of this particular song, they scanned everybody's name that passed away on September 11th mm. on a big screen behind them. Mm. And Bono opened up his jacket at the very end when he hit that note, and there was an American flag sewed into the inside of it. And I watched that again probably for the first time in a year or so again on Saturday when I was preparing my notes for this show, and it it always chokes me up, man. It's such a powerful moment. Oh, it is. It is. And uh, it's one of those songs, and for me personally, when I hear it at the beginning, I, I just smile. I don't know why, Brian, but I'll, I always smile. And uh, when you asked me to do this uh, podcast, I was in Food City and Hazard going in and getting groceries, and I was in the checkout line, and it started playing on there, and I just started smiling, and I'm sure people are saying, what's this fool That was a doing? sign from God. Well, I don't know if it's a sign, but uh, yeah, I think so, but uh but I guess that shows my age when they start to play songs in your local grocery store about, uh, you know, just as a, as a filler music. But uh, it is. I, I love the, the beginning of it. And um, going back to videos, gosh, what a powerful video. This was one that uh, 
that they uh, recorded on, uh, I think it was a tower record. There was a, there was a record store that they did a live performance and it shut the whole street down. They did and, it from the roof. Yeah, it was, it was on the rooftop and uh, kind of reminiscent of, uh, of the Beatles yep. when they did, uh, you know, don't hold me down. So uh, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was incredible. So uh, I love it. I, it just, again, it just makes me smile every time I hear it. And it's just one of those when you're driving any place you just want to yeah. go. I'm glad you mentioned the beginning because because it literally has an instrumental intro that's over a minute. Yes. But it slowly builds. Like it starts out so soft. And by the time the actual words kick in, man, it's just really hidden. Yeah. And uh, it's, it's just a fantastic song. It very easily could have been my number one. I agree. Uh, these next few songs that, that we're going to talk about, they they all could have easily been number one on my list. But uh well, the streets have no name. One of the one of the bigger songs from the Joshua Tree, which is still probably their biggest selling album. You know, thirty five years later, uh, all time classic. Uh, we we did mention here a few minutes ago that particular performance, uh, especially for the people that are younger. Uh, I, I have very few people. I get demographics. I have like five percent of my listeners that's like aged under twenty four. For those in particular that maybe wasn't old enough to remember. 9-11, you you obviously know about it, but look this particular performance up on YouTube. It's yes. very powerful. And that goes back to something we said earlier about how the band has always had a connection to the United States. Mm -hmm. uh, the NFL probably could have had anybody they wanted for that halftime performance. And they chose a band from Ireland, and I'm glad they did because it was beautiful. It was perfect timing, perfect timing. But here is a little bit from Where the Streets Have No Name. So that was where the streets have no name, which was my fourth favorite and your third favorite. Third favorite. The second song we've both had on our list and maybe the last, who knows, but we actually had that one very close together on, on the same position of our list. So I'll get into my number three real quick and then we'll come back and let you talk about your number two. Uh, my third favorite U2 song is actually off of their debut album, Boy, way back in 1980, the year yeah. I was born. Oh, wow. And it is I Will Follow, yes. which they perform live at almost every concert. It's been a staple of theirs for the last 40-plus years. Bono uh, wrote this as a tribute to his mom. I think he passed away when he was young. I think he was like 13 or 14. 
uh, for a, a young band of basically, you know, late teenagers at that point, early, early, maybe around 20, 21 year old, to put out a song that powerful uh, was just a harbinger of things to come in the years after. I, I agree. I agree. And uh, again, it's just kind of one of those anthems. Uh, when, when you hear it, I will follow. And uh, I think it was very powerful to what Bono was feeling at that time. And for him at that age to write such strong lyrics is, uh, is, is just uh, incredible for, for him as, as a songwriter. Yeah. And we both mentioned a while ago, talking about desire that it was one we like to listen to while working out. I really enjoy listening to this one Yes, while working out too. I agree. Uh, but, you know, the fact that this song's 43 years old and still holds up is a testament to the songwriting ability, not just lyrically, but with the, you know, the tempo and the music as well, this band. And it was just basically the first step into a, for a 40 plus year career of a band that's put out great song after great song and it's still relevant today and not many mans can say that no not at all and uh you know if they could if they could look back at that and then also look forward when they release that of, of what was going to come of, of the band itself it's pretty incredible so yeah great great song so this is a little bit of my third favorite u2 song and the the oldest one we've talked about so far from way back in 1980 off of their debut album boy this is i will follow songs left and actually i just have one because i talked about my number two sunday bloody sunday a while ago but that's beside the point what what's your second favorite u2 song the song that almost made your number one gosh this was so hard to try to pick just uh you know when we get to, when you get to you know your number one and number two and number three but um I went to uh, Octone Baby, which I talked about, you know, buying the album and and uh, and listening to it while I was in college. But uh, again, going back to the MTV generation, this is one of those songs where there are actually, if I'm not mistaken, three versions of this video. And the video was so powerful for this song. And the song is one. And uh, I can remember sitting in my dorm room watching uh this video play and uh 
it was one of those where Bono is sitting in a bar by himself and he's got a few drinks in front of him and he's smoking a cigarette and he's just one he's just very cool whenever you whenever you see him so it was one of those times when you really wanted to be with him be 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 like him and just an incredible song but it's very powerful as well so that's the reason why i chose one so glad you picked this one and i ought to probably be whipped for not having it my top 10 it's it's I would say that if you just walked up to the average person in the street and tell and said, "Hey, name me a U2 song." This may probably be, you know, if you had 100 people do that, this song may be mentioned more than any other. Maybe it may be their most well-known song. It's been used in bukus of shows, movies, uh different media. Uh it's a powerful, powerful song with a with a beautiful and powerful message. And I'm so glad you picked it so we could talk about it. Because had neither one of us picked it, I would have got some hate mail probably. <laughs> uh, so uh, you can get on to me for not picking it. But Wayne came through and had it on his list and had it high at number two. Well, in the lyrics itself, I mean, it, it's just one of those songs. If it plays, I know the lyrics word for word. It's just very powerful. And uh, uh, again, it just it goes to show you know, his, his, uh, his ability as a songwriter and, and, uh, and lyricist. So uh, I love it. It's one, of, it's one of my favorite songs of all time. Yes. And here he is Wayne's second favorite U2 song from Acton Baby, One. Okay, Wayne, real quick, uh, before we each talk about in depth our, our favorite song from you two of all time, we, we've said several times that we had 20 or 25 songs each that we could have talked about today. And we won't necessarily go in depth as these as we have some of the others, but give me two real quick honorable mentions that barely, barely uh, missed be on your list. Oh, gosh. When I tried to narrow it down to 35 songs and then have to narrow it down to 10. <laughs> It's, it, it was very difficult, but I guess two songs that I would have probably honorable mention. One is um, 
Silver and Gold that is a live song, if I'm not mistaken, that's on, um, I think it's the Rattle and Hum, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, it's it's It kind of gets into the politicalness of, of Bono at the time. He kind of gets wordy in there, but it's pretty awesome because he gets so fired up at just the song itself. Again, it's got one of those driving driving guitar riffs and uh, and the edge is just going crazy. So uh, I like that. Uh, another one that may not be one that a lot of people talk about, but uh, Bono did a cover of Can't Help Following in Love, uh, the old Elvis uh, song. And they actually did that on the album uh, Honeymoon in Vegas. So uh, the, the soundtrack to Honeymoon in Vegas, but I don't even know. Is that Nicholas Cage? It is. Yeah. I don't even know where it was played in the movie. But it's the last song <laughs> on that album, and it is incredible. It's just, it's just really kind of a, it's got a dark. Um, it, he's, he's very monotone in there, and he kind of does a falsetto in there. So if you've never heard it, listen to. I it. actually haven't. I'll have to look that up tonight. But it's got a, it's got actually Elvis in the background doing an interview as he's singing the song. So uh, it's pretty intense. I like it. Uh, uh, but, uh, but I, I wouldn't have put it in my top 10, but I'll put it as an honorable mention. Good deal. So real quick, uh, two that barely, barely missed, missed my list. One is Mysterious Ways yes. of Acton Baby. Uh, really, really wanted to include that, but just, just didn't quite make my list, but a fantastic song in its own right. And another one is Bad. Yes. Uh, <laughs> and that was the very last song I cut. And had we had a top 11, it would have definitely made my list. But that is another song that's brilliant. Similar to Streets Have No Name, it's a song that just builds yeah. in tempo yeah. as it goes. And it's it's great. Yes, I agree 100%. So I actually had that. I, I had it as well. I had it as well. Uh, so, all right, Wayne, this has been a pleasure, man. Uh, without further ado, what's your favorite U2 song of all time? Oh, wow. Well, I have to go with one that again goes back to uh, to my childhood, and um, I'll never forget about the forty-five of this song at Ben Franklin's store in Hyden, Kentucky. And, wow! Uh, <laughs> if that's a shot, that if that's a shot in the past, but um, it's a uh, with or without you, and um, one of the reasons why that I mean, it's just it's just uh, such a such a stirring uh, song and uh it's just very emotional and uh, just the meaning i can't live with or without you uh, what an incredible what an incredible line but um you know i i can remember in my dad his music genre he was old school country he uh, you know we were listening to wsgs and you know if he had outlaw country he'd be listening to that 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 would be his but it was the old willie nelson and the Bear Youngs and, and those types of music, which I loved, and, and it really uh, it really drove a lot of the music I listen to today. But um, I'll never forget on a Sunday morning I was playing this song, and uh, we were getting ready for church, and my dad poked his head in my room and he said, "Hey, won't you play that song one more time?" That's awesome. It is, and uh, and uh, if uh, if you talk to Andrus or you talk to anyone who's ever gone to a show uh, with us. Uh, that song plays. I usually get pretty teary eyed because because it does have such a such a meaning for me. So, uh, with or without you, uh, I just say it has to be my number one. Yeah, and uh, great song, great album. Uh, let's talk real quick about the Joshua Tree. 
uh, putting you on the spot is if you had to pick a favorite U2 album, would it be that one? Oh, by far. It has by to be, far, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. And I, I think between us, we've probably had more songs from that album than any other album today. Yeah. And for, rightfully so, because it's a masterpiece, man. Yeah. It, I mean, it really is. There's not a bad note, not a lost word, lyric uh, on that entire album, man. I agree. And, and, and you said from the outset, you could have just picked all the whole album as your top 10 and i could have done the same thing well when i when when they released uh that they were going to do that concert the entire album i i said we we've got to find a way we've got to find a way to go to that because it was just so powerful for me just growing up i, I it, it it was so impactful in my life just it brings back so much memories of my high school days and even into my college days so absolutely very instrumental so here is a bit of Wayne's number one U2 song of all time. Since it's your number one, Wayne, go ahead and tell our listeners what, what the name of this song is one more time, and here we'll play we a bit of it. Here we go from the Joshua Tree. It's uh, With or Without You. See the storm set in your eyes. See the thorn twist in your side. I'll wait for you. Light of hand and twist of fate On a bed of nails she makes me wait And I wait without you With or without you With or without you Through the storm we reach the shore Sunday, Bloody Sunday, I mentioned that for the longest time, it was my favorite U2 song of all time, but something transpired a few years back that changed that, and that is the concert we've mentioned a few times tonight in which they played Joshua Tree front to back in Louisville. I mentioned earlier that uh, Joshua Tree is one of the first albums I remember hearing because my dad played it a lot back in the 80s, and uh like you just said, when they announced that they were going to play that album in its entirety in Louisville, I had to get tickets. And I don't remember what happened, but I was somewhere to where I could not be online the day they went on sale. I knew they would go quick. So my wife, Dixie, bought the tickets. But she, after she purchased them for me, she added the caveat, not just me, but my dad, that uh, she would basically throw them in the garbage if he and I didn't go together. Now, if any, my dad loves music, but he is not a big person to get in amongst large crowds. So up until that point, he and I have never had never been to a concert together, ever. And 
we haven't since actually it's the, as of this recording it's the only one we ever went to together and my number one song is his favorite song and that is i still haven't found what i'm looking for and the thing that changed uh you know bolted this up it would have probably been definitely in my top five had it not been for this but i remember uh when they started playing this song looking over to my dad and the utter joy in his face and him singing along to bono singing this song live is a memory that i very much cherish and that i'll carry with me till you know i'm no longer of this earth and my dad literally i could see the child in him come out for maybe the first time ever i mean uh he was just transported back to you know in 1987 when he was listening to this on cassette and uh he literally de-aged right in front of my eyes for the five minutes during this song and he was just so happy in and of that moment and i literally that that part of the concert i actually watched him for those five minutes during this song and didn't even pay attention to the stage because it was just and it burned into my memories and it's something i'll always always take with me this is like the entire album of joshua tree is an all-time song i mean if you think about the songs we've talked about especially after joshua tree any band would be lucky to have one in their entire career and they've had three or four that we've talked about off just one album tonight wayne and that's amazing i agree and uh, it's to me it's incredible to hear the stories of, of music and and the power it has to um to draw together families and, and that's just that's the beauty of music it's and, the universal language man it is it is and uh, i love that story because it reminds me of, of the story i told yes you know with uh with uh, with or without you so uh incredible it's one of those songs again when you hear the beginning of it you know immediately what it is and uh, it, again, the, the lyrics itself, it's just so powerful. You get into the gospel tones of, of Bono and just uh, in the meaning of the song. It's a, it's a great, great song. Wayne, uh, I want to thank you before we get out of here, man. This has been a pleasure. Uh, you did fantastic, brother. Well, thank you. Uh, I think we ended up only having two songs the same, which is great because that allowed us to talk about 18 songs. There you go. Uh, 18 great songs uh i have to definitely have you back in the future so I'll be thinking about something that you'd like to do down the road maybe prince hey we can always do prince <laughs> if anybody knows me they know that's not a problem with prince i've been known to uh to open up a karaoke mic with purple rain and i'll leave it at that awesome awesome but, <laughs> but uh, well i pre i want to say i appreciate you i've, I've enjoyed this this has been very I, I've, I've had a great time with it so thank you i appreciate it man and we'll go ahead and let bono and you too sing us out of this episode with I still haven't found what I'm looking for.
That One Show is brought to you by The Goblin Trading Company and is written, produced, and recorded by me, Brian Combs, most of the time right on my kitchen table. If you enjoy this show, please share it with someone who you think may enjoy it as well and check me out on social media, on Instagram, Twitter, or Facebook. As always, thanks for listening and we will see you next week.